0: Okay, so this is the second patron episode that I recorded with my Aunt Jenny and uh, I just wanted to release this one in honor of her free to everybody because it was a members-only episode just like the last one I put out but um, just so there's a little clarity here the episode I put out with my Aunt Jenny with the singing that's leading us off in the beginning that's actually the second paid episode she did this one takes place before that episode, so um, let's go ahead and and uh, get into this episode here. I'll just um, let it play from the very beginning. I won't have no outro on this one, I'll just leave it as is. So I just real quick want to thank everybody for um, being here and being willing to come on to the show. And uh, I, I really appreciate it. There's... Uh, Got a lot more guests lined up here, and we have quite a few shows coming up that are that are pretty good. But um, in honor of my aunt Jenny, Jenny Manyhides, here we go.
1: And um, I hear the first officer call out, and the and, uh, first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, "Holy sh! The goat man!" And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet, and my I, I could hear the ringing in my ears, and I could feel my heart race, and so I hit my life, and I went flying up there. I've been told by some old older people, elders, that you grab them and you hold them, and you 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 don't own them, but you you hold them there until daylight, if you can hold them or pull it in. Pull them into the light, it uh, destroys anything they have, uh, any kind of power or anything that, or anything they were trying to do to you, it'll destroy them.
0: This guy was like
1: bouncing. Like, you know, like how you see people kind of getting ready to jig? You know how they kind of bounce? Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other. And, uh, and he just kind of turned sideways and he turned back over to the other way and, and uh, he took off. shit oh, he should have jumped in Wanda.
0: This is Lodge Tales. I'm your host, Rod Williamson, and thanks again for joining us on another episode. If you are Native American and you'd like to come on the show to share your strange and paranormal experiences, please consider emailing us at lodgetales at gmail.com. well thank you patrons for being here with us and listening in again um, and in this episode we continue the interview with jenny from episode 6 and uh, in this one we cover a story about a thunder man a lot of stories about star school and Bigfoot around that area, uh, Jenny also recounts a a story where she you know had some experiences while she was living with a bundle that her grandparents owned. Um, I tell a story of my wife's great grandma and how they used to gather paint in the old holy way. Yeah, that's a good one. uh bat- My aunt talks about a story where she had to battle this little spirit. Oh, that's pretty creepy. There's a story she talks about with a woman in a white dress. Um, I talk about, toward the end of the interview, I talk about the stories about the Chamawa Tunnels and the the big person that chases you down there. (laughs) So we go over a few things like that and, and more. But, uh, yeah, thanks again for for being a patron and for supporting us. I appreciate each and every one of you. And, uh, Thank you. Let's get on with the show. I hear if you uh if you can last through Red Blanket's tests, and you're worthy, he'll give you a gift.
1: Yeah, yeah. I go out there and pray. Right there, you you'll be heard. Huh? You you'll be heard. Long as you know, that what you're asking for it's something good for people. You know, mm-hmm. nothing bad. Huh? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that place, that whole area, you know. There's so many stories that come from that place, and and like, I remember this really cool old story about this Thunderman came from Canada, and he was reading that area where Starskull's at right now, riding through, and uh, I don't remember too much about the names of these people. Um, there was a man, and his son were riding, uh, out. Star school, there they must have lived out there, but they come in contact with this man c- coming south from the north. He told him, Uh, where's that Sundance? It's supposed to be right here, and uh, that's what I'm coming down for. And that man said, No, uh, he was a chief at the time, but he said, No, this other lady, she said that it needs to be held in old agency, and he told him, Uh, no. He says, "Your chief, you make her move it up here. It's supposed to be right here this year." And uh, he says, "I come down too to give my bundle to this man. He come down, and I, we we made an, an agreement that he was gonna I was gonna transfer my bundle to him." He says, "And uh, that was two weeks ago. I'm giving him one more week to see if he comes." And uh, before that man and that boy met him. That boy's dad told him, uh, this man right here is really powerful. You be quiet now. And, uh, anyways, that's what they talked about. But that man, that Thunder Man was looking at that boy when he was talking to his dad. Saying, yeah, but I'll give him one more week. And that boy was saying, you know, how he looked at me. It's was like he was looking through my soul. You know, it was one of those kind of looks that struck that boy. You know, and, uh, time goes by. Something happens, Um, I don't really remember that part of the story, but that Thunderman ends up giving his bundle and his pipe, thunder pipe, to that boy, but he tells him to come up on this hill, and when he goes up to that hill, that that Thunderman has all his gifts laid out, a whole bunch of stuff, and that boy has to walk in to that lodge, and when he walks in, that Thunderman's all the way to the west, to his right and to the left, there's a man, And if I remember right, one of those names was Iron Pipe that was in that lodge at the time when they transferred to that boy. As that boy walked in, as soon as he came in that doorway, that old man touched the ground. And when he touched the ground, lightning shot from him to those two men on his either side and then straight to that little boy. And they transferred that that thunder to him. Well... That lady that was having that Sundance in Old Agency, that, that Sundance was, that lodge that she was in was struck by lightning and she was killed. They moved that Sundance to Star School. That's only what I remember about that story and I don't remember where I read it or or where I found it. It's just something I remember vaguely. But that area does have a lot of history. Even up into and including that, that Bigfoot, like I was saying, um, another guy, geez, I don't want to say his name, but uh, he was playing basketball there one evening at Star School at those outside courts. Their ball rolls down the hill. He runs down to get it, and there's a little one standing there holding that ball, looking up at him. <laughs> he just all ran. Hey. My brother yeah. was chased across that flat by one to my brother and my brother-in-laws at the time there was three of them total chased them across that flat they were playing basketball and to me if i remember right they forgot track of time they didn't want to cross that flat at night while it got dark on them and they had to cross and there was one chasing them
1: yeah we were told to we couldn't be down there my grandpa and they got that house and star school and what we moved into a star school and we were told not to be down the bottom, you know, at sunset, because none of the kids were supposed to be out after the, that, but especially us, because our grandparents had that bundle, at the house. Hmm. Uh, but we were told not to be down in the bottom at nighttime, because down there would spirits be and stuff come out at nighttime. So one time we were playing hide and go seek down there, and it started getting dark and darker and we start seeing like a, a dark man you know, he starts you know, <laughs> here and there you know, we start seeing him, and man, we took off out of there. And I was the youngest so I was always, you know, the the slowest, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was the shortest. <laughs> yeah, man, it was freaked me out, you know. So I knew not to go down or no more. I didn't want to go through that. But at home we couldn't Make noise after the sunset. My grandma would close up all the you know curtains, everything. We couldn't make noise at all because we had that bundle. Mm. Mm. To us, we were taught, you know, like a baby sleeping, you know, not to wake it up.
0: Oh yeah. Mm
1: Mhm. And she she was very strict with us, you know. They they really took the ceremony uh, serious. That's how they took the ceremony. They didn't play with it or once.
0: Yeah.
1: you understand it, then you'll know. It was given to help us, you know, not to destroy us or hurt us mm-hmm. if you understand it right. So we were taught to respect the ceremony. that way. We would go up to Delhi to take us up for the foreign society we have a lot of relatives my grandma she came from up there too you know? a lot of history that our grandmothers came from and for me it's all four dams one of my grandmothers came from you know? <clears throat> so up there she was really strict we didn't get to go run around or make a bunch of noise
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they still had that witness you know? and it was really like like more like a quiet time, um, and people thought she was mean because of that no, she she's trying to teach us, you know we have to sit listen and learn with, watch what's going on you know, that's only when you'll learn
0: mm-hmm.
1: what they're doing and what teaching is the stories the, the pipes or. What like they were given for, how to use them, not to misuse them.
0: Yeah, I was always. It, oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: It, you know, I tell people once you understand it, you don't abuse it in any way. It'll work for all of us, you know. You know? We have to look at uh, reality with it. You
0: know? but it's a beautiful teaching, I. I can tell that yeah, really, but yeah. that, um, that same place down. I mean, before I get distracted, I want to, I want to follow up with, okay. So what you're talking about with these women being really strict, it reminds me of another story that I heard. Uh, so this would be my wife's, let's see. Grandma, great. It'd be my wife's great grandma. Um, so I guess she would, there would be gatherings and she was kind of, you know, she was really, she was old, elderly at the time too. And, um, and I don't know how long ago this was, uh, it's a while back, but she was elderly at that time. And one of her son-in-laws would sit by her and visit her. And, uh, he told me a story that she told him. <laughs> and it goes like this. He said, she was a little girl, uh, and her sister were both raised by Big Springs and his wife. And uh, she just knew when Big Springs' wife was getting ready to go uh, to go get paint. And um, she'd grab this gunny sack. And then she would take all these glass jars that were just clean. And she'd wipe them out again with the rag. And she'd place them just so in that gunny sack. To where they wouldn't make noise when she'd pick them up and carry it. And uh, those girls knew, because they'd always go with her. So she'd grab that gunny sack, those jars, and an old shoulder bone to dig with. They'd get to a certain point, and there's this little stream they had to cross. As soon as they crossed that stream, there was no more noise. You couldn't make any more noise once you crossed that stream. After that, it was all sign language. And so they would get past it a ways. She would make her fire. And those girls had to stay behind and, and tend to that fire without making any noise, talking or nothing like that. And this old lady would go up, Big Spring's wife would go up to this cliff. Right at the base of that cliff, she would take that shoulder bone and start digging. And uh, she would take that gunny sack down just just lightly, everything, take them all out one by one, put gray clay inside those jars. And then she'd gather them all up like that. No noise. just just deliberately making every move just so go all the way back down to that fire she would take the the jars out and she'd put them in those coals all this gray clay in those coals and then she'd cover it with this hide and I don't remember if she'd sing I imagine there'd be a song with it and some prayers but then she would lift that that robe off of it And she would just start taking them out of there just so and putting them back in that that gunny sack but when she was taking them out they were all different colors of the spectrum that we use for paint and uh he told me this was the the holy way of gaining of getting paint whereas other times if you have the right to pick paint you go out and you see it on the ground and you pick it, right? That color, red, yellow, whatever you find, it's right there. In this way, it was all gray, but because of the gifts she had, it was able to make it in all these colors. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. And yeah. that lady's from out in that area, too. Their family's from <laughs> star school. <laughs> mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things that you know, a lot of people don't understand or they never heard before, or maybe things that, you know, that they have experienced the same thing, you know? It's just like, all right, well, like I told you, you know, listening to these interviews, it just makes the person like me eager to share my stories now. Yeah. There's a lot of stories.
0: There's I mean, so many. You.
1: Yeah, like, like they're in Browning, um, many different times, you know, I've got bothered and stuff in those houses hmm? and my family members. The one that, uh, the one that really, for me, was like, holy crap, what the hell with these houses don't really built them, huh? And that was one of the log houses that my family member lived in. There's so many things that were happening to each one of us that on that house after a bad dream, um seeing a little boy, you know, in there and I mean for me it was when I uh was sitting there talking to my, my brother this was when my uncle. One my uncles passed away, and, <clears throat> and they end up getting drunk. And, what, and so I kind of talking to one of them. The other one passed out on the couch, and the other one was sitting at the table. And I was like, like you gotta go lay down and walk. lay on that <clears throat> rocking chair. and so leaned back and said, I'll sleep on that walk up. So he went and sat on that chair. And I went, I went outside, go smoke a cigarette and I was talking to those puppies that were out there and it was cold. Well, so then I finished like that and I went and found another movie and to put it in and watch it. So I wasn't really tired right then. So I'm laying there watching that movie then and then all of a sudden, I feel like like um, somebody's you know, in there. What? But no, I just kind of felt kind of uneasy. So I kind of sat up like that, and I started looking towards the kitchen and kind of towards towards that hallway, like that. And then I even looked behind that couch because she didn't have the couch against the wall. You know, and I felt like, you know, in there. So anyway, I'm sitting there like that, and all of a sudden I feel like um, if you've ever touched the top of your head with your fingers, I felt like somebody was touching my head with their finger. So then I looked behind the couch again and nothing. <clears throat> so I turned my... My head the other way so I can you know, watch the living room and stuff or the kitchen, and the hallway. Cause I really felt strange and I could still see the TV. So I'm laying there like that, and it's like automatically I start feeling tired, like like I was fighting my sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. Automatically I start feeling like I was fighting my sleep. But I didn't want to go to sleep <clears throat> here. I jump up off the couch like that, and I go over towards that chair and look down the hallway like that. And there's just, the hallway's pretty long and dark. But in that darkness, I can see this little thing coming like that. And it's not even touching the floor, it's coming in, and it, and it you know, and I'm standing there like that. And I start yelling for my brother, you know that's on the couch to wake up, help me, help me, like that. Hmm. And it's like he just opened his eyes and looked at me, went back to sleep. So I started yelling at my brother, help me, help me, you know, that's on the chair, and he didn't even wake up. Hmm. So this thing is coming closer and closer, and I see it, and the face of it, I can't even describe it, but it wasn't wasn't a good face. Hmm. It's body form, it was short, it's like a, no, it was bone, just skin on bone, it had long fingers and what it was short with that. Mm. and it was the color of ash, so it's coming at me like that, huh? and so I I start putting my hat out like I'm pushing it away, you know, and I'm telling it I don't believe in you, I don't believe in you, you know start yelling out to my dad, help me. And like that, and all of a sudden I, I jump off the couch again and I'm looking around, you know, and my brother's sleeping, my the both of them are sleeping and I'm thinking in my mind, what the hell happened, huh? What just happened? And I get up and I go look down the hallway and everything and there's nothing there and, you know, and I'm, I'm shaking like I'm afraid to go back to sleep now. So I grabbed the cushions, I lay them on the floor and I'm laying there just fighting myself to, stay awake, to wait not to go back to sleep, that's how I felt. Watching the you know, the sky, you know, things that start turning blue and I felt like I can go to sleep now. So I fell asleep. <clears throat> so everybody's awake, pretty much awake and I'm really sleeping now. And my brother, one of my brothers, woke me up. The lady was there, wanted to talk to me. So I woke up, I talked to her, and she left. And then I jumped up to the table. And my family members are sitting around the table, and I got some coffee. You know, and I kept them thinking about it, thinking about it. I need to, I need to tell them, you know, so you know, I can't forget, you know, what, what, what the hell happened? Huh? Well, then I start telling them, you know what what I just said, you know, what happened. And they are kind of looking at me, you know, they didn't know what to say. So <clears throat> one of my brothers ended up asking me if I wanted to ride with him and my niece. Well, so where are you guys going? He said, no, no, I'll just take a full ride. We'll see what's going on around downtown or what. So we did. <clears throat> so we're going in the front of the, on that road but the light my people and has a subway right mm-hmm. And I happened to look towards the subway and then I see myself in the mirror. And my whole cheek was swollen like like, like somebody hit me. And I'm looking at myself and I, I tell my brother, I said, gee, I said, why didn't you tell me I looked like this, you know? <clears throat> he goes, what? And I look like what? And I said, this, and I started showing him, he said, oh yeah, he thought that's why I was wondering who was laying on the floor, he said, you know, because he looked like a street person laying there, like somebody, you know, like getting beat up on the street, you know, and it kind of made me think, man, whatever that was, you know, I seen and what that he fought with, you know, well, that was probably where it hit me at, you know, yeah.
0: <sighs> Ooh, that's creepy.
1: Yeah, you know, in, in that house, my one of my boys, and he had a bad experience, you know, so I'm bothered with him, his wife, my sister-in-law, she said one night they we were all sitting in that kitchen talking, visiting, and she st- decided to go lay down, and she was laying there, but you can hear my brother, you know, definitely talking, all of a sudden, well, she turned her head toward the like, wall wow, like that? <clears throat> and laying there, she can hear him talking and all of a sudden, it kind of got quiet and she heard that door open. She thought it was my brother, you know, coming in to go to bed now. But she kept laying there and you start wondering, well, why it was taking him so long to get to, you know, in bed? She got curious and turned around to see what he was doing. And she turned around like that. She seen that a little dark thing standing in that corner like that. So yeah. mm-hmm. then she looked at it, and she just turned back around again and she started praying, you know, I'm not afraid of you anymore. Yeah. So she had <laughs> a bad experience from <laughs> there, too. You know. A lot of us. A lot of my family did. You know, and I always wondered why, what's going on there. You know, I don't know if it has to do with them building them houses in the lake bed. Mm-hmm. Or what it is. Yes. Because my sister, after she moved out of that house, um, an elderly guy, he asked her one time if she would, ever got bothered in that house that she lived in at the walk home. But she said, no, huh? uh were telling me, and I said, What do you mean, though? Uh-uh. Look at all the things that happened to us in that house. And she goes, Oh, and she goes, you know, My mind just forgot. And I said, well, so Anyway, she said, So she asked that guy, Why? What's going on? What happened? And he said, Well, they had to do a cleansing at a house down that street. They had something in there that was bothering us.
0: All
1: these wonders, you know what the heck is there or what? You no, know, what is it?
0: Yeah.
1: I, said, I don't know. What I see in it was like a
0: out-of-body experience, you know? Yeah. Uh, Did you ever put barriers up around there to protect it?
1: Well, you know what? When we were kind of having that uh, after that. Well, after that, after I went to the Ocon that was in two thousand fourteen, and then I went back to you know same with my sister for a little bit again there mm-hmm. and it seemed like um to me it was like a like a portal a bad portal mm. something right there something. and during that time when all the stuff that I was hearing you know in that house and it was bothering us, it seemed like the uh, old ones that were with me that I could hear my grandpa pray and talk and singing that time I could see those orbs, everything that like they were there with us you know, you know that time it's like gee <laughs> watching I don't know because all these things I you know I could share a lot of these stories and my children were with me you know, witnesses to it, you know
0: mm-hmm. There's another uh-huh. another story about uh Star School real quick. Oh, let me readjust here. At Star School, um there was a guy and um yeah, I won't mention his name either because I haven't got his permission, but he was okay, so he was hunting in a bad way. He was wasting his kills. He would shoot just to just to kill those deer and um From what I understand, um, he was warned to stop that, but he kept doing it, you know, like, like the trophy hunters out there that just kill for, you know, whatever. So he's not eating the meat. He's not giving thanks. He's not offering its spirit, anything. He's not trying to send it over in a good way. Just really disrespectful, you know? And so he's in the flat down in that bottom in star school and, uh, he has an accident with his gun and he shoots himself in the leg. And as he's laying there, because he can't move and like, like you know, walk out, obviously, he's laying there. Looking at his leg, I, I imagine he must have been trying to, you know, stop the bleeding and everything. But as he's laying there, all these deer walk around him and they surround him. And they're laughing at him. <laughs> they all laughed at him when he was hurt like that he finally was able to get out of there and he he told them what happened. I don't know if he ever changed his ways, but um, he lived a pitiful life, you know. And who knows why? Probably because of stuff like that.
1: Yeah. yeah there's a lot of different uh, stories I'd like he shared about, you know, different things that happened to me. You know. The child right there in Browning. And one of them, when this uh, woman in a white dress, like, she followed me. And she followed me from my aunt's house. Uh, The reason why I feel like that is, one night, I was spending the night at her house. And me and my cousin was in the room, here in my uncle, and they came back, and I was kind of looked in the room to see you know what's in the room. He told us to <clears throat> we need to go to bed now. But that woman will be coming in for that midnight, and I was wondering you know <laughs> what woman is she talking about. So I asked my cousin, she said, "Oh, there's a woman that comes in around midnight that." From that west door and she goes into that last room and she goes in that closet you know and then me i said well why would she go in that closet why don't she go in you know, that bed and then she started laughing she didn't say really say anything you know? hmm. and so it bothered me after that so anyway i end up spending the night there and then i decided to go spend another night and that night i I, don't know, I just felt really uneasy about it. So I decided to run home at nighttime. Like <clears throat> so got home and everything. And it seemed like what well, maybe three days or so all of a sudden like I was put into, you know, like somebody was on me, pushed me down in my bed and stuff. And I would see a woman standing in that closet when I had my closet there open. You know, all these things were really bothering me. So I would just ask my mom if I can not move to this room that, you her know, And she would let me change rooms and stuff. I didn't tell her anything you know, about this woman. <clears throat> so each room we would move to, she would bother with me. She'd be standing in the doorway with the doors open. I can't move, all of a sudden, I open my eyes and see her and I'm yelling at all whoever's sleeping by me, sister, but she can't hear me. So, we moved to another room. And this time, you know, with my one sister sleeping on that small couch, they had in that room. In there with my other sister, and then me, and then our friend was laying on the one bed. And my head was turning out at the bottom of the bed, kind of by the window where it was. And so I could hear them talking, my sister on a couch, she went to sleep first. And the, the other two were talking, I laying there listening to them, then my other sister fell asleep. So I don't know if her friend went to sleep, but I was laying there and I fell asleep, I obviously fell asleep, because when I fell asleep, this woman was talking to me. And she was telling me what some stuff, but I don't remember exactly what she was all saying, but she wanted me to go with her, because she wanted to show me something. Mm-hmm. So, I must have agreed with her yeah. and I didn't know that I physically get up in my sleep and I opened the window and I start crawling out the window. Well her friend she was you kind know, of went to sleep then and what woke me up is when I was crawling out that window. Up, I was crawling out and I bumped my head and it woke me up and I woke up with like my I freaked out, and I started screaming and crying, you know, like, that's all I was doing. Hmm. So, they yeah, all woke up, you know, and I'm screaming and yelling for my mom. And then um, she comes in there and I, I'm crying, you know, hugging her, you know, like telling her, lady, you know, this woman, and I'm like, How
0: yeah.
1: uh, she keeps bothering me. And so I explained to her what happened. So. She goes to her neighbor and talking with her. And so then I come in after school and everything after we ate, and she took me over there. We're sitting there at the table, and <clears throat> they have a back window in the kitchen there, too. And my mother's sitting there looking at me, and I'm sitting right like here, and the other lady's sitting on the other side. Of the- and so she telling that lady you know, about what I, um, I shared with her. And then so then my mother asked me to, to tell her about this woman. And when I looked up like that, you know, my mother asked me that. I see this woman standing in that window looking at us, you know. Mm-hmm. So I freaked out and I start crying. You know? She won't let me. She won't let me. She's right there, you know. Which they can't see her. So the next day, which I didn't go, but with my mother and I heard some other ones. I think some neighbor woman, but they went out to see an elder, elderly that woman, mm-hmm. which I won't say the name, but I know you know who they are. So they went out there, talked with them. I don't know what they did or what it was. What, what that woman kind of left me alone then.
0: Hmm. Yeah. What did she look like? Did you get to see her face?
1: Yeah, I would never get to see her face. I would just see an outline of her, and she was in white. I could never see really say what her face really looked like.
0: Was she wearing a dress yeah. or pants or? Did yeah, with you... a. White, yeah. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh.
1: Well, a lot of different, things, like, the old lady brown towels, too, If you guys remember, right behind the junkie. <laughs> it's not there no more. But one time, when I lived down in Fort Bownup, me and my old boy and his dad was up in Browning. And it kind of snowed, so we didn't want to get on the road, so it's already dark, and dark. And my cousin and her her husband and kids, they, we said, or well, we went over there. I went over there, I went in, I was talking to her, I it's okay, if we could spend the night there, we're to drive the road around, it's already dark and hot. And she said, yeah, she said, get to stay here that, they we were gonna go over to her mother in law's day that night. And she said, You guys are just sleep in the room Yeah. She said, But that door you have to put knife in there so she told me that she put like four knives on the The back door was already closed off. They had a bunch of stuff right there. <clears throat> I said, All right. Then just eat on whatever you guys need and do just eat whatever. All right. So we went in like that, we put the four knives in the door, ate, we cleaned up, and then went into the room and went to sleep. And here, all of a sudden, my like boy's well, dad would wake me up, you know, wake me up, he'd shake it, you know, hey, 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 you no, know, that's your um, cousin, a cat. And I was like, I don't know. He said, because there's a cat right by the bed and it keeps like growling at me. I said, well, just hit it, make it go, go, go away, you well, know. Then I go back to sleep. Then he'd be waking me up again. He'd tell you that there's stairs right here at the, the door because there was a door right there in that room I went up to the attic. He goes, uh, if there's stairs I go up to on top of this house or something. And I go, I don't know. I said, what? let me go to sleep. He said he was hearing something falling down the stairs or something. And then I went back to sleep. I said, leave me alone. Let me go to sleep. Wakes me back up again. He said, you need to go tell those people that your cousin let us stay here. And I go, what people are you talking about? He said, in that kitchen. He said, there's somebody in that kitchen. He said, no. And I looked towards the door, and I could see the kitchen light on because of that light around that door. That kitchen light on, and there's somebody in there. And me, being too tired, I said, well, if they come in here, I'll tell them. So I went back to sleep. And by then, it got daylight. You know, I was still sleeping, and he woke up like that. And he panicked, man. He wanted out of there right now. When he went to the door, all those were in there, and I'm thinking, well, how, do, how did they get in here, you know? <laughs> mm. So we didn't drive or stuff and left, and I went up to my aunt because she was staying there before she moved back into her house again. And I was asking her if my cousin had a cat, and she said not that she knows that but so I'm telling her about the cat. I'm telling her, asking her about their stairs that go up. So what through the attic, he lived there, and she said, oh, yeah. And I told her about what he was here," and she was telling me about the old lady, because she died, she tumbled down those stairs. And I told her about it. that kitchen, like everything that, know, it happened. Mm-hmm.
0: Dang, that lady oh, that yeah. lived there died on those stairs.
1: She tumbled down or her, fell down, down, down. Oh. He was freaked out, I believe me. He was scared. He never that uh, he never
0: ever got spooked like that before. Yeah, it's a it's a heck of a thing when people first. I was there when um, my good friend Sonny Wagner he he passed on to. He got spooked in Chimawa, back to Chimawa. the tunnels. So, I had heard stories about these tunnels for a long time, and and if anyone knows me they know I like to explore things and I'm always into stuff and, and stuff like, you can't keep me out of place if I want to be in there and so it was like that I was on this personal mission to find these tunnels and um, I had heard I followed all the leads I heard I heard there was like an opening down by this one little stream thing uh, was it wasn't nothing there I heard there was like uh, just all these rumors and I, I followed them all until finally I just stopped listening to all those and I started trying to look for myself. What I did was I started in that school and I went to all the places nobody is allowed to be in maintenance rooms everything like that and I finally found them and uh, I explored them myself first and I knew how to get in and out of there and um, I brought a couple. Of, I brought one friend in there first. Uh, we walked through and we actually went into this weird little room and found a bunch of records from the 1960s and 50s of people uh, student records we didn't. We just looked at them, we weren't like raising hell with anything stealing or anything like that, we were just exploring and um, to get into that room you had to take these panels, metal panels off the wall and crawl through these uh, like dirt floor, cinder block walls and vent uh, like HVAC venting all around and you had to go through another one and do the same thing to it, so you needed a screwdriver if you wanted to go through that little place. Well, anyways, long story short is we when we when I start bringing more people in there and we we explored all the way up, you know that parking lot up there by PPS. There's like yeah. big square benches up there. Okay, there's manhole covers right there too. That's where the tunnel ends because there's a cinder block wall right there, and. uh there's pipes that lead into the lower left-hand corner into the wall you it just don't go anywhere maybe a mouse or a rat could fit in there's about it but the lights are broken weird ways so it's hard to see in some of those tunnels you're basically feeling your way through until you get to the corner and you can see some light it's it's, it's just really weird well we were there there was Sonny Wagner myself and Brian Penattack from Wind River and um, me and Sonny went in first and sunny stopped at the the manhole cover that hole it, it cast a little bit of light down he stopped right there and we were gonna smoke cigarettes right there well i wanted to go down to the end just in case there was a maintenance worker so i did i went to the end and i checked that back wall there's nothing there nobody there so i came back to where Sonny was brian was still making his way into that weird little place where you can't see until you hit that corner and um just as Sonny lit his cigarette and he was handing it to me to, Take a puff. That thing. That man. <laughs> he come walking from that back wall where there should be nobody, and he was mad. He has yeah. boots on. Now, if you kids in Chimal are listening to this, and you hear somebody down there if you guys find this place, just run, cause he won't stop. Anyways, these boots are so heavy. If this man was alive, or if I could see an alive, I would imagine he's 300 pounds six five mm. and he's mad and so he's chasing us Sonny looks at me the fear of god in his eyes and starts running i run right behind him because i'm just as scared and as we see brian Sonny knocks him into my path we're so scared and i knock brian out of my way when i go by him i'm just too scared it's every man for himself at that point
1: he's mm. coming
0: do, 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 do. i hear him so i don't even care what happens to brian i don't even care what happens to sunny all i know is i need to get out of those tunnels as fast as possible it it was that much fear that fight or flight it kicked into flight no more fight man it was too scary so i ran and sunny is big and he was trying to get over the top of that gate so we could get out of there it's a it's dead bolted with the padlock i mean and you have to climb over this gate and then like Put your feet to the right-hand side and like use those to shimmy like a board across the top. Then you can drop down. He's having a hard time doing it. And I'm like, come on, Sonny. Hurry, hurry, man. I'm trying to push him. I'm doing anything. And I'm just constantly glancing back and back at that, that place where it's coming from. I can still hear him coming. And as I'm watching and Sonny's like almost getting it, I see Brian come running. He's just, again, the fear of God in his eyes like Sonny had. He grabs Sonny by his belt and just flings him out of the way climbs over like nothing and i was glad that he did that because it reset sunny sunny went back up and i helped him across and he was over fast and it was my turn to get over last as i jump over this thing stops right where the light is cast it's just like two three feet from me it stops in that shadow (laughs) and it won't come in that light but it chased us right to the end of that thing yeah, Chamawa, those tunnels are real, but they yeah. are haunted. So now yeah. we went down there with all the Browning boys. This was the last time I went down there that I just talked about a couple of times before this. We went with all the Browning boys, and you know what? That happened again. I mean, that happened the first time that guy come from, and we thought it was a maintenance worker. You should have heard the Browning boys. They were going nuts. Or, you know, F you you fat, B. And just, just running this just, just this running and getting smart and cussing it out. They cussed out that spirit. <laughs> <There>. <laughs> that's how the Browning Boys are I don't know. just oh god. Anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, that's Chmawa. Are these
1: real experiences then? What's that? These are real experiences
0: that people have yeah and that was sonny's first time getting spooked and when we made it out of there he was you know how you like you say you got water on your hands and you're wringing your hands out just kind of like shaking them
1: he was doing
0: that walking and he was like walking fast and like hitting his tippy toes like this weird little bounce like damn boys that's the first time i've ever been spooked that's the first time i've ever Uh,
1: Jesus, they knew what I had to go through, you know. But, you know, you're there at that HLA to watch over them physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, spiritually, you know. Mm-hmm. Verbally, you know. Yeah. That's why I I learned I you know not to run out of there, you not know, to get scared, you know.
0: Mhm.
1: You know, to uh more or less let it know, you know, huh? Major.
0: Mm. Another one that oh. I have about Chamal, real quick, is um, I've been meaning to tell this story. I just been waiting to tell it. Dorm mm. one, dorm one. Uh, our matron was Everett Hall from Fort Belknap. Everett yeah. Hall was a big, big man, and um, he could rip phone books in half. He would do it as a trick for us, and we'd laugh and we'd. Damn. Yeah. I I trained. All the way from my freshman year to my senior year, lifting weights, everything before I went to Marines, to, And I, I made it my personal mission to beat him in arm wrestling. I, I couldn't, I just couldn't, and that guy never worked out. <laughs> He's just an old strong guy, mm-hmm. and so we were all down in the basement. I mean, the lower floor, and you know, like toward the end of the year, they they basically move all students to the main floor so that the matrons mm-hmm. had to walk up down the stairs. There was yeah. no, there was nobody at the bottom living in those four rooms at the bottom. And uh, as you walk down the stairs, the rooms that are straight ahead of you was where this happened. Uh, We were down there messing around. There's a guy named Josh Warrington. He was really good at uh, martial arts stuff. And he was showing us some move with our wrists. I remember we were practicing it. And we're like, oh, really, is that how that works? You could use a pen. I remember we were doing something crazy like that. But we were just playing. And So you know in that room, you know how they used to stack all those metal bunk beds in there? they would store yeah. them yeah, the, yeah those it sounded like there was a tornado and those were just being flung all over in that room you could hear the bricks chipping you know it was violent and it was scary uh we start walking toward it and everyone's behind me all of a sudden it dawns on me hey i'm leading this What the heck go get everett <laughs> go get everett i, I just <laughs> couldn't open that door i reached and i just i the fear was this too thick. Go get every man. Go get every. As he comes in, we're all like Scooby-Doo looking behind him, peeking under his arm, you know, and like following him in there. And as he opens that door, Jenny, all of those bunk beds are still stacked up. Nothing mm. happened. There's no bricks chipped everywhere like we heard.
1: Very heavy.
0: So he opens the, the attached bathroom to the next room. We go into that door. Then we open the next door into that room. And look in there again, all those bunk beds are still stuck. Nothing's out of, out of place. And Everett just, and he didn't mock us. He didn't tease us. Instead, he said, huh, well, if it happens again, come and get me. And mm. how was that? He locked it up, and boy, we, we didn't play down there like that no more. Mm. Mm. That was crazy because it was so violent. And, and multiple people heard it and we were scared. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jamal's yeah. got a lot going on there.
1: There's a lot of stories. You know, a lot of people have different stories about how they got bothered during even like, students.
0: I'm trying to get more people to come forward with their stories about Jamal. I've had a few that I've approached. But... yeah. I they hope... have a page. Okay. They have
1: a page for Chamawa. I seen that I can make a phone call. See, some of them are that still work there. If I remember.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I'm gonna get more on there. I'm gonna. I'd like to feature Chamawa in like a series, right? And just get a bunch out there about Chamawa. That <laughs> that place is creepy. I could go on and on about the trails too. We used to play hide-and-seek up there, and there's something in there that hides at you. Or it's just out of view, and you hear walking around constantly. One time we were playing hide-and-seek, all me and the Browning boys, we used to do it at night. You know how crazy we were? (laughs) Well, we'd do that, and I was hiding in this spot, and Christ, everybody was just missing me, going all around me, all around me, and I could hear him down the other way, like coming up, looking around. I got bored because I hid too good, I think. So I got up. And I, like, and I heard all those people that still looking for me and heard voices. And How about over here? Hey, there. You know, just, just odd things. And I ah, right, I'm just going to walk out of here. It's like, hey, I'm over here. Shit, it was dead quiet. They all quit playing and went back down to campus. I was up there by myself.
1: <laughs> 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 kind of like what I told you about us playing down the bottom upstart. Mm-hmm. We playing hide and go sleep, and then we start seeing this man here and there, like, he was playing with us. We all took off out of there.
0: Oh, God, that's creepy.
1: Yeah. Those things you're not supposed to play at nighttime. Yep. Not supposed to be in anything at nighttime.
0: And that's what you get. Mm-hmm. How does that saying go? You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. <laughs>
1: be careful. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't buy it. Yeah. hmm
0: um, Well, Jenny, how do you how do you feel about this stack of stories? You ready for a break and we can maybe call again?
1: Yeah, we'll do a break.
0: Yeah, let's do a break and maybe we'll we'll call again in a few days or just whenever we recharge. You just let me know whenever you're ready for more.
1: Yeah, I got some more.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got some. Mm-hmm. Well call me up and I'm gonna get all my stuff together here and see how that right. thing looks. The audio.
1: I'm <laughs> um, the rest of them, but come on, get on here and tell us the story of them.
0: Yeah. Mhm. We encourage you all. All right. All right, Auntie. All right. Well, Just good. Good night. Happy to get this
1: started. Heck yeah.
0: Yeah. Good all night right. and thanks for all of these stories.
1: Yeah. Alright, good night. Okay. Love you.
0: Love you too. We'll see you. Yeah, later. Wow. Oh, wow. That was good. That was a good one. I like that. Well, that was my Auntie Jenny Minihides. It was a pleasure to record with her. We're going to record again, and when we do, we're going to talk about dreams. You know, the next time she's on. There's a lot of stories around dreams, and, uh, I guess I would like to kind of explain in that episode that we're going to have is, uh, you know, the importance of dreams and, um, you know, how big of a part they play in our lives and, uh, you know, just stuff like that and, and different dreams we've had, different dreams we may have heard, you know, things like that. So stay tuned for that. Also, coming up on the next free episode is gonna be my cousin Taryn Williamson and she has a lot of stories about UFOs Um, She actually seen UFOs Uh, look like a ball of fire Uh, she'll go into all that she's seen three beings in that thing they lost time yeah Uh, there's a story she talks about with this spirit that used to bother her and if any of y'all have ever seen the movie Smile well that's that's kind of what it is. Imagine if the movie Smile and the movie Exorcist had a daughter. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's what used to bother her. So stay tuned for some creepy ones with Taryn. And all her stories mainly take place in Two Medicine out there on, uh, you know, south of Browning there. And so um, I'd like to encourage any of the people that have stories about Chamawa. To come forward and share whatever your experiences were up there. There's a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of spooky things that have happened up there. Not just to me, but to, uh, geez, pretty much everybody that's ever went there. And so if I could gently prod you all to to come on the show and and share your stories, we'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to hear them. Um, Well, until next time, see you later.